0: you're listening to the scale to grow podcast where we help service-based business owners to take the guesswork out of scaling and growing their business so they can pursue their passions my name is shana and i'm a business mentor to coaches and creatives and i help them to get out of the day-to-day and focus on scaling and growing their business to the next level I sit down with business owners to talk about their experiences, the lessons they've learned, and share tips and strategies on how you can build your business without the overwhelm. So hello, hello. Welcome to the Scale to Grow podcast. I'm excited today to be joined with Robert Kennedy III. Robert Kennedy is the co-founder and president of kinetic communication. Please keep me honest if I'm saying it wrong. Perfect. All right. He is a serial entrepreneur and he started his business in 2001, 2001, my friend, an online music promotion portal with an internet radio station. Do we still have those around? We still do? No, no, that was,
1: that was, (laughs) that was business number one.
0: That was business number one. All right. So pretty much, Robert, you spent your time as an award-winning public speaker, corporate trainer, and author. How are you doing all these things?
1: Well, first of all, I, I like to enter a room. And so I'm I'm gonna enter a room, but I need your help here really quickly, right? So you read the bio, and I just need you to say, ladies and gentlemen, Robert Kennedy the third. All right, <laughs> go for it.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Kennedy the <laughs> third.
1: Yeah, come on, hey! <laughs> yeah, come on, hey! We coming in the room. We're coming in live. We're coming in hot. Here we go.
0: Oh my God, that explains <laughs> the the media background, the the radio background. I love it, love it. There we go. So, so tell me more about your business. Tell me more about the kinetic communications.
1: Kinetic Communications is a training company. We're based in Maryland, and we work with leaders, especially these days in the real estate industry, how to show up confidently on on video, how to present more effectively, and how to connect with your customers so that they can think of you when they need to... uh, make a purchase, right? When they need to move to action. Uh, We also work with small business owners, sharing with them how they can tell their stories on stage and on video so that they can grow their business and generate more income using one unique thing, their story.
0: Nice. Okay, so how has storytelling impacted you and your business just on a personal level, and then you can roll in how it works for some of your clients?
1: Well, it's impacted me personally because I think I'll even include others in this. A lot of times we go through situations, we go through stuff in our lives and we hide it Mm -hmm. or we hide behind it because we feel like we're the only ones that are going through that thing or we feel embarrassed about it. Or if anybody finds out, they're going to point fingers and criticize us. Right. And so, or they're going to go on Instagram, they're going to go somewhere and put us on blast and we're going to look bad and nobody's ever going to like us again. And so I've had situations in my life, in, in my business where I struggled through stuff because I was scared to share the failures. I was scared to share the things in my life that were going wrong, you know, being in business, making bad decisions, being sued, you know, losing our house you know, move, moving to an apartment from like a 3000 square foot, one acre yard. Uh, you know, it's those types of, those things are pieces of the story that I now I'm able to share. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we, we walked through that because I didn't understand some things and, and we had good decisions and bad decisions that we made in business, but we've navigated it and we came back, I came back and you can come back too.
0: Nice. So what do you think are some of the things that people miss when they're sharing their stories?
1: Well, a lot of people are, what's the word that I want to use? We've been bamboozled by the the corporate marketplace and what corporate marketplace does from a storytelling perspective. We approach people with the product immediately. I'll give an example. I was sitting in my living room in the state of Massachusetts and, uh, the doorbell rang, I go to the window. There's this dude outside and he's got a display board in my driveway. So I open the door and I go out. He says, Hey, my name's Mark. I'm selling carpet and I've got this, these different types of carpet here, these, their head, he had these little squares on this Mm -hmm. display board. I've got Berber. I've got Austin power shag. I've got high pile, medium pile, low pile, Goma pile, all the piles. I got the piles, right? He says, (laughs) you know, he didn't say Goma, but he says, I've got the, I've got all these different types of carpet. And he's like, can you touch them? And so I touched them and we go through this for about two minutes. And then I open my door and show him the inside of my house. I'm like, dude, I've got hardwood. He says, Oh, okay. And then he, packs up his display board and he walks off down the street. So I'm kind of like, okay, you know, I go back in my house. At that point, I wasn't into storytelling, so it didn't really mean anything to me. But now as I think back on that, I'm like, wait a minute. He came to my house and he just told me his name and what he was selling. Mm -hmm. He came at me with the product. He had no idea who I was, what I needed, what was bothering me, or if he could have even convinced me otherwise based on a need that I had. So, you know, a lot of times in in business, we we approach people with facts, data, statistics, statistics, numbers, product, process, program, but we've gotta connect with people from an emotional level and find out where they are and who they are and what drives them, because that's how they make decisions from that emotional level.
0: And I really like that because I was telling someone the other day that uh, someone tried to do a sales call with me mm-hmm. They literally went through their spiel. And yeah. then at the end, I said, I'm not interested. And they're like, So you let me go through this entire process and you're not interested. And I said, Yeah, because never once did you ask me what my needs were. Like, right. you know, right. you could have had a better conversation with me, but you didn't. You never you never talked about anything. You you literally went through a full two minutes, like recited. Right. It was beautiful. It was a nice speech. But I wasn't interested because he said nothing that I wanted right. I want to know some practical ways that people can deliver a more impactful story to whoever they're selling, mm-hmm. do the thing, buy the thing, go yeah. the place, wherever they what whatever they're looking to do, and without giving it away because I know this is what you do,
1: yeah. well, you know, um so there there are four basic elements of stories. and I'll reveal those four basic elements. Right. There are four basic elements, and those elements are context, character, conflict, and conclusion. Right. A lot of us, we approach it from the conclusion first. You know, if I if I go back to a corporate setting and we have a presentation in a corporate setting, we start out the presentation by saying, Hey, we're here to talk about XYZ widget. Yeah, we wanna, we wanna talk about the sales or shares of the XYZ widget today. Okay, why do I care about the XYZ widget? What's the XYZ widget going to do for me? Why should I even sit here and listen to you rather than being on my phone while you're talking about the XYZ widget? <laughs> right? So um, we've, got, we've got to understand who people are, what they need, and why they should listen to you, right? What's happening in their space? Because people make decisions based on something that they desire or an experience that they want to have, don't want to have, never want to have again, (laughs) right? So we've got to have a unique understanding of our audience. And one of the best ways to get that understanding is to understand the elements of storytelling. So, um, context, what's happening in your audience's world right now, characters, who are the people? that you're talking to. Either you're talking to the executives in the organization or you're talking to the customers of the company, right? Who are they? And then conflict. What's a problem challenge that is happening in their world right now or a problem or challenge that that is anticipated to take place in their world that they may not even be aware of just yet. They just know that they're dealing with this thing and it's up to you to say, okay, you're dealing with this thing. Here's how this, this little thing, can, can flower and blossom into something. Well, blossom is a positive word. Here's how this, this little thing can change into something that you don't really want to happen. (laughs) Right. Here's how this, this little crack can lead to an entire fragile floor, or, you know, here's how this little little thing can create an explosion. Yeah. A little crack, a little chip in your windshield all of a sudden. And you've had that happen, right? There's a little chip. And then like, Three weeks later, there's this entire line across your windshield. Like, dude, uh, what happened?
0: <laughs> exactly. You know what? Because it, uh, it happened to me the other day, and yeah, I saw the truck. Yeah, I heard it, and mm-hmm. when I got home, everything was fine. Yeah. And a week later, a couple of days later, there's a line. Yeah. Where do I go?
1: That's a really good example. I got. I got to write that down. I'm gonna use that. I. I yeah, it's happened to me. I, I need to use that. Yes. Thank you very much. Windshield crack. <laughs>
0: Windshield crack. And I was like, you know, and I was telling them at the dealership, I said, listen, I can't go back to the guy. Like, I don't know where his truck is, but I know it's him. He did it. But anyways, that's that's a story for another day. But here we are. <laughs> yep. So I love that you kind of break it out into those buckets, because I think it, ge- it helps people to kind of see kind of mm. what's the, how are they approaching the storytelling kind of How are they making sure that whatever they're doing connects back to something someone really wants where it's going to solve something, right? The part of that conflict piece, right? So what do you recommend for someone who is, I guess you could say, more of an introvert, or maybe just struggling with storytelling because even for myself, like as a, mm. as a, I consider myself more of an ambivert. So small crowds good. Like when I have to go out there into the world and try to frolic with everybody mm. else, not so much. So how do you, how do you help people like either myself or someone who's just like, Oh, you know, I just want to be in my space. I don't want to have to do storytelling because I, the less people know the better. Cause then I'll have to talk too much. <laughs>
1: Well, it's, it's about, it's about the why, right? Mm -hmm. What result are you trying to get? What are you after? Because, you know, if I, if I reveal about myself, when I take Myers-Briggs, Myers-Briggs says I'm an introvert as well. I
0: would have never Robert. Never.
1: (laughs) I end up in the world of speaking. Well, here's the thing. And let's clarify introvert for people because introvert is often mischaracterized. So a lot of people think of introverts as people that are shy, that's, that's not the truth. Introversion versus extroversion really has to do with energy and where you pull it from and what happens with it. So for me, when I'm around a lot of people, people pull energy from me. When I, when I have to speak, when I have to train, I'm, I'm drained. People pull energy from me. My wife, on the other hand, is an extrovert. She pulls energy from people, the situation. She's when she's around a lot, she lights up. She's like, we go to an amusement park. My wife wants to stay there from it. It opens until it shuts down. And I'm kind of like two hours. I'm like, okay, um, are we done? Um, I, I've ridden like two roller coasters. I'm, I'm ready. Right. So, so from an introvert perspective, when even extrovert perspective, what is the mm-hmm. result? that you want, what do you want from people? How do you want them to act? Are you trying to influence them? Are you trying to persuade them to do something? Um, Do you just want to give them information? What is the result that you want? Once you understand what the result is that you're after, then you can apply storytelling or communication methodology or frameworks to the conversation, right? So yeah, as, as an introvert, what may need to happen if you're kind of like the person who says, you know, I I don't, you know, I I don't do the small talk. I, I want to make sure that this conversation is like, like, like short, then yeah, you can be even more direct. What that means is that as an introvert, you've got to get to the heart of the matter. You've got to get to the emotion of the matter pretty quickly. You've got to have an even more keen understanding of your audience so that you can hit them right in the heart, in the place where they're like, Oh, yep, I get that. I understand that. So then you can come with your solution, with your product, with your project. And, you know, and that's kind of like the difference between 30 second commercials versus a a half an hour infomercial.
0: Absolutely. Oh my God. And this leads into my, my next question, because this is one of the things you hear a lot of things, this is what you should do to get visible to your audience, to get people to notice you, to do all these things, but. What does it really boil down to? What's the easiest way? And I shouldn't say easiest because it's less about the ease and more about the most effective way to get to your audience. What do you think is the most effective way? Because I think because there's so much out there, people are misconstruing the fact that you need to post, you need to do this, you need to go over here, you need to do that. But what do you think is one of the most effective ways that you can get the attention of your audience?
1: Well. So here's the thing, Uh, getting attention is easy. Mm -hmm. Keeping attention (laughs) is is something different. That's that's another skill set altogether. If I wanna get attention, I can just do crazy stuff, right? (laughs) I can do cartwheels on screen, like, ah! I can start yelling. I can do all sorts of stuff. I can wear different colors. I can get on camera and put a clown hat on, and oh, I can do all sorts of stuff. That's getting attention. I can get attention. Right. But how do I keep people's attention, especially the people who I'm meant to serve my Mm -hmm. particular audience? How do I make that attention sustainable? Well, you do that by connecting with them and you've got to understand who the audience is. You've got to be intimately aware of who they are. You know, where do they shop? What magazines do they read? What websites do they like to be on? And here's, and here's the thing, right? A lot of times people will say, well, I did this, this Facebook ad and it didn't work. Well, your audience is on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They didn't get that. Right. And so, and you're getting mad. You're spending all this money. Oh, I, I made these videos. And, and, and I'm like, dude, your, your audience is on YouTube. They're, they're, they're somewhere else. So you've got to understand their behavior. You've got to do a little bit of demographic and psychographic work as well. And then once you Mm -hmm. do that, now you can say, okay, cool. I see you. We're in the same ballroom. We're at the same hotel. We're in the same conference room. Great. Great. Now, now let's tell the story. I see you, I know where you are. And now I need to maybe share some options and get you to raise your hand so that we can get on the same page you can understand that i know what i'm talking about based on my experience that is similar to yours or something that is relatable to you once we can create that relatability and that connection then we can now continue the conversation even further
0: All right i like how you you kind of brought it right back to understanding the person yeah. the the human that's in front of you the person who you want to actually serve because i think that's where we get caught in the the tactics, the gimmicks, all these different things and miss that opportunity.
1: Yeah. Let let me actually give an example here. So if I go back to the story of the uh the carpet salesman that came to my house, right?
0: Poor dude. Poor dude.
1: How yeah. How could he have done that differently? So he could, he could have sold you the carpet on the hardwood floor. Well, here's how he could have done this. He could have said Hey, my name's Mark, and I just came across the street. I was just visiting with your neighbor, Judy, across the street, and she was telling me that she is, like, so upset at her oil bill, right? So here's what he does. That that first part is context, okay? He's on my street. He creates a connection with, I was talking to Judy. Okay, yep, that's that's what's happening in the world, in my community, in my immediate world, right? He's jumping into that space. I was talking with Judy, and we were talking about her oil bill. She said she hates her oil bill. And I came across the street, and I couldn't help but notice that you had an oil tank out front in your house as well. Connection, right? Characters, Judy, me, connection, right? Judy hates her oil bill. How are you feeling about your oil? now he asked me that question and I'm like, man, I'm pissed at my oil bill. This is ridiculous. Somebody somewhere is making a killing on this thing, right? So now we're having this connection. Now he could go to, well, you know what? I had oil at my house as well too, but last year we saved over 40% on the oil bill because there was something that I did. If I, if I could share that with you, would you be interested? Heck yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk, (laughs) right? So now he could say, well, I noticed when you opened your door that you had hardwood on the inside and I had hardwood at my house too. So here's what we did. We used area rugs in certain parts of the house. So even though there's hardwood, it still provides some level of insulation. And then there were a couple of rooms where it was hardwood up there, but we decided, you know what? We're gonna have to make the expense to part with the hardwood and make it fully carpet. And here's what happened. There was some expense up front, but over time, here's how much we saved because there's a different level or a layer of insulation through flooring now because of the the carpet. So that's what we did. Want to hear more? (laughs) Right? So this is a totally different conversation now.
0: I literally would have paid for your hard for your carpet at this point. Yeah, because you he, he convinced me. Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced right now. Right,
1: he he <laughs> he he used the context, he used the characters, and then he hit a conflict that I was having. He had he hit something that I already had a visceral emotional response to, and then he's able to sell the information.
0: That is such a clean way of getting to the end goal with this, and it it brings me to the question of. The number one mistake that you see with business owners when they're communicating in an effort to be visible, because I know that you, you, you kind of broke it down with the, you know, like the, the framework of the yeah. connection and, you know, tying it back to the conflict. But what do you think before they even get to that stage? Right. What do you think they're missing? Like the, the part that they're always kind of getting tripped up with in terms of the mistake part.
1: They take too long to get to connection. They have a mis- concept, misconception of connection, All right. So I'll give another example. So a lot of times if you watch Facebook lives or you watch Instagram lives or live streams, I'm going to make an assumption here. I'm going to, I'm going to guesstimate 50 or 60% of the start the same way. Hey guys, I just thought I was going to jump on here real quick because I was a, uh, uh, okay. You've got about three seconds to get my attention. <laughs> right? You got you you got about three seconds to get my attention. And here's what happens you get my attention. That doesn't mean you have it forever. That just means I've given you permission to have it a little bit longer. So you got three seconds to get it. Okay, I give it to you. You got another 10, 20 seconds. Okay, I give it to you again. You got enough. What what are you going to do to get to the connection as quickly as possible? So what I do, what I what I share with people is um, especially if you're doing a presentation, if you're doing live, if you're going on camera, if you're going on video, you're trying to get people's attention. One of the easiest ways to get people's attention, here's a cheat code for those of you that are listening. Come on, come on, come on. You listen, Put your radar, radar, let's go. Okay, all right, here's a cheat code. If you wanna get people's attention really quickly, you ask them a question. <laughs> <laughs> right, You asked them a question. Here's the deal. Yeah, I know. I know. She was, you were on the edge of your seat. You were on the edge of your seat. Right. So here's the deal. Our brains work in an amazing way. And there's this brain science. There's this theory called instinctive elaboration. And what that means is that when a question is asked, our brains can't help but answer it. It's like literally hijacking somebody's brain right what happens is a question is asked and the answer may not come out of our mouth but our mind literally begins to flip through its rolodex of experiences to see if it has encountered that thing before because we naturally connect with experiences that's how human beings connect and so if i ask you the question what would it be like if you could be outside right now on a lawn with the breeze blowing cool weather and a beach nearby now your mind is like oh wait wait a minute okay <sighs> let me let me let me flip through my rolex let me see what what's happening here All right that's very different than coming in and saying good morning everybody my name is robert and i'm from blm company and um <sighs> hold on hold on let, let, let me give let me give you the right thing here hold on I, I got another one. I got another one. Here we go. <laughs> there we go. Right. <laughs> So, so, you know, it's, it's, we've got to get people's attention pretty quickly. So a lot of different ways to do that. Asking a question is one of the easiest ways to do that. And why that's really good as well is we just talked about getting to know your audience, right? You may not have time to get to know them prior to your speech, your your video, your presentation. But if you ask a question, you can immediately begin to ascertain or gather some data about who they are, what bothers them, what they care mm. about.
0: That's true. And those questions that you just asked, even just by, you know, coming up with uh, the image of a beach, you know you can solicit whether or not they even like the heat. (laughs) Do they even want to be on the beach or do they want to go skiing? Like it's, you know, that's, that's very good market research too for yourself. So. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep.
0: I really love that. You, you identify that the hardest part, because the first thing you said when you said, (laughs) Hey guys, I just wanted to come on here. I'm guilty of it to I gotta say, I'm guilty of it.
1: Okay. No, I used to do it. I used to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm not pointing fingers. It's like the f- the four pointing back at me, right? I pointed at you. I got four, you know, point back at me. Right. So I I I used to do it. I, you know, I just wanted to hop on here real quick. You know, come on in the room. Come on in the room. I'm just waiting for my Facebook to build an audience. To me, no, no, get right to you, get into the information. You know, I might watch it on the replay.
0: it it is true it's it's better to to start off with that that instant um connection piece to really kick off the conversation because realistically the people that are there right they're either scrolling because a lot of times if you if someone goes live the the pop-up comes on your phone or wherever whatever device you have so realistically i've i've been sitting on stuff where i've i've seen and go oh exactly what you said I don't know. Am I on? Am I live? Let me check a scroll. You know, it's like a thing, Yeah. but in, you know, jumping in and just saying, you know, what if, and pull it all together. Exactly.
1: That's a great one. What if is a really good starting thing, you know, or, you know, you can ask a, have you ever question? Have, have you ever mm-hmm. experienced or, you know, how did you respond the last time you were driving down the road and somebody slammed on their brakes right in front of you? Ooh, right. So that's, but, but if you come in with that at the beginning of your video or the beginning of your presentation, what happens immediately? People are like, oh my gosh, I just experienced that this morning and I was so upset. Right. (laughs) And and they get upset all over again. And it's kind of like, we like to, um, let's get science again. We like to mirror, right. As human beings, we're kind of built to mirror behaviors. And this is kind of the, the heart or the root of, of empathy right if you're standing talking to somebody and a rock falls and hits them on the shoulder you don't feel the pain but you go ooh right because we like to mirror we we we're built to mirror so when we create the opportunity for people to mirror and that's what questioning does right when we create the opportunity for people to mirror it 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 heightens or it opens a really big pathway to connection
0: that is good I, and I hope that everyone that's listening actually takes a step back and look at how they're, they're using yeah. the space, using their time online, and seeing if they're making that connection up front. Because I think that is really, really important. Whether you're in service-based business or product-based business, you really have to form and build that connection with whoever is going to be using yeah. your product or your services, right? So you work with and you're currently working with corporate clients, not just with small business owners. So what are some of the big differences that you see in terms of communication?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that there is a huge difference as far as the principles go. The difference is in the resources that are available to execute certain things. With corporate clients, there's a lot more internal communication that needs to take place with the small business owners, it's a shorter road a shorter trip to the customer, right? It's a short, and so they're doing a lot more direct customer communication than corporate. Corporate, you know, you got, okay, the HR has to talk to the learning and development group and the learning and development group has to talk to the marketing group. The marketing group's got to talk to the sales group. Sales group's got to talk to the operation people. And so th- there's all of that that takes place, but ultimately it still comes down to Connection because we're human beings. We move when we feel um, heard. We move when we feel seen. We move when we feel connected with. Okay. Right. And so, even in the corporate world, if I'm just giving you a, an instruction or if I'm giving you a command just because I can, you know, people don't always move. I, I do, I, when I used to do leadership trainings, I would pull out this number that in 2018, the United States alone spent 177 billion dollars on employee turnover, right? That's, that's onboarding and um, you know all of the things that, that are associated with people changing jobs. And the greatest reason that people left their job wasn't because they wanted more money. The greatest reason that they left their job was because they did not feel connected with or connected to their manager their team, their organization.
0: How crazy is that? eh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we seek connection. We seek connection. And when we don't feel it, we don't always know that we don't feel it. We, we make up some other reason that, that why we're leaving. We're like, oh, you know, I need, you know, I need to feel more fulfilled. I need, I need to get more money. I need this. But what happens in organizations when people feel connected, people will stay for less money when they feel connected. People will stay in a place when they feel connected to a community, even if it means that, you know, they may take a little bit less to do something because they feel there's there's a sense of purpose and fulfillment and, and, and you see me, you get me.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And part of the reason why I, I like that example that you brought in, because when I work with a business owner who is having or experiencing high turnover, the first thing they say is, well, they're just not committed, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, you know, for me, you know, I have to even ask the question, like, what are they committed to? Yeah. What exactly do you want them to be committed to? Because, you know, you can, the difference between someone sticking around and someone who doesn't, there's so many variables there but it does boil down to they they took the time to come to your space yep you know start the process have the, you know start working with you so what were they not committed to where was the breakdown
1: yeah yeah and and i think we we have so many different uh layers that are we need to walk through in the corporate space um one of the things that i kind of it, it makes me cringe every time i hear it is when they talk about, oh, we need to do, we need to, to learn how to do this. Um, because millennials, that's the, you know, there's no other generation. It's just millennials. Um, you know, I was born in the seventies, so I'm not, I'm not a millennial in that way. Um, uh, but it's, there's no other generation. Oh, it's the millennials, this, blah, blah, blah. we need, we need to, we need to do this for the millennials. I'm like, listen, millennials, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, Gen X, they're still the same thing connection, feeling needed, feeling purposeful, understanding the vision, the mission, the why Mm -hmm. that's still important. Yeah. The, the, the industrial generation grew up and they were kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to get a job and I'm going to work and I'm going to stay there for 40 years and then I'm going to retire. Yes. That was kind of the trend. Right. But, um, they still sought fulfillment. They still sought connection. In different ways they did the only difference was they separated it from their work environment now the newer generation is like listen it's not work and then everything it's like it's like my life is just one big continuum and i'm con and i'm seeking fulfillment in all of it
0: yes yes and that and that, and that was always the breakdown that was always you know the uh, you know and me coming from corporate mm-hmm. and hopping into entrepreneur in the entrepreneurial space yeah. one of the things for me the transition was i wanted to be able to own my time right. but own my time in the way that i wanted it to how i wanted it to look right. now part of it was because i had a very hierarchical structure right. in corporate right. coming from that and the different dynamics Like I can talk about my own experience with that. I know for me, as I'm a millennial, I see it more as Mm -hmm. the ability to identify kind of how I can blend the two together. If I can't be in a space where I can't blend the two together, then it's it's not worth it for me. Because eight hours of the day I -hmm. spend here. These are my work friends. These are my work family. These are I even have the work hubby that you know (laughs) you know what i mean like we do things together and the you know i i used to and i'm coming from watching my mom you know her company she's been with a company for a very long time and the moment she got injured it was a very different story and you know you watch that and you look at how corporate treats certain situation you're so disposable and you look at that and you look at you know, some of the work that they do and some of the causes that they stand for. And there are certain companies that for the life of me, I will never work for just because of my own intrinsic values. But there are other people who are fine, with just like, it just pays the bills. Right. But when I connect the dots and I look at what my value, what my purpose, it needs to connect, right? You know, off offline where we're talking about everybody has a story. I think I just kind of found mine, right? <laughs> It just threw it just threw it all in. I was, you know, for those of you who didn't know, I was telling Robert that, you know, stories I suck at. I do like a yeah. good story. I, you know, I, I don't mind listening to one, but I just couldn't conjure one up.
1: We we all have stories. I mean if you're the the challenge for a lot of people is that they figure their story isn't good enough um they were born with their arms they were born with their two arms their two eyes their two ears their two noses no one nose um <laughs> so they're like so so I don't have a story but you have everybody has stories right you have time that you discovered something right the first time that you did something maybe it was you had to study for an exam or a test that that was difficult how did you pass that how did you navigate that um think about okay most of us have a driver's license at some point in life What happened around that? What was, what was it like? How did you feel when you were getting your driver's license for the first time? Or maybe if you're in the corporate space and you were into project management and you had to do the PMP exam or whatever, you know, you've got, you've got these things that you've had to navigate, right? You're in your, in your corporate workspace and you're on a project or you're in a small business and you're deciding what product to sell or what product you want to put your energies behind all of those. are stories, the time when you made your first dollar bill, your first dollar, all of those are fantastic stories. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, if we just lean in and we accept the value of our stories and, and, and we become passionate and about them and excited about them, we'll see how much people want to listen.
0: Yes. I really hope that people who are listening to this really dig deep to find those little these little valuable nuggets. Because those are those are the things that's gonna make you different. Absolutely. Definitely gonna make you different. So what are three tips? I know you kind of shared one just now. I don't know if you wanna use that, but what are three tips that you can share with the audience?
1: Mm-hmm. With regard to storytelling overall or business, where, where, where do we want these tips to be?
0: All right. So business storytelling to help them be more confident with becoming more visible, sharing their story with their audience, like anything that would help them kind of stand out. I know you you shared, shared some good stuff in between, but I want to see what are those three things that we can take away.
1: Okay. So tip number one, I would say is, understand why understand your, why understand why you're doing this. And if you're having trouble with that, then think about the reason that you started your, your business. What made you interested in doing your business in the first place? And if you have not thought about that, you know, sit down and maybe it might be some, a question that you need to ask somebody else, maybe a family member. Right. Uh, so that's.
0: And it can't be money. It can't be money. Right.
1: Right. Right. Well, you know what? It could be money. It could be money. And if money, if money is the reason, then, you know, that begets some other things. That's like, okay, is money enough for me to keep doing this? Is money what I'm after? Because there's some people that are like, you know, I, I, I just want to make money. So they, they, they start an investment business. Right. So money can be the reason we just got to be honest about it (laughs) with ourselves. Right
0: <laughs> I like money, too, but yeah,
1: no. well, no, no, I mean, and it's okay. sometimes you start money because you start with money because m- uh, your business is for a season. when you start a business, there is no law or requirement or rule that says you have to do that business that very business forever and ever and ever, and he shall reign forever and ever right mm-hmm. and you, you <laughs> right right <laughs> there's no there's no you can you can do a business for a season in order to create capital or income so that you can start another business, mm-hmm. right? That is in a totally different area. You know, it, it, that's how you can do this. It's just, it's just that. So which, which brings me to when you understand your why then you have a little bit of, of clarity, right? So, so that's, that's number one tip that, that I have um, for understanding your why. Number two thing that I would say is write down your best case scenario and your worst case scenario. Right? Um, What is the best thing that could happen in this business? What is the best goal? What is the biggest dream that you have? Then write down also what's the worst thing that could go wrong (laughs) in this. Because if you're able to see both of those, you can kind of begin to imagine how you will respond and act in either scenario. And instead of being caught by surprise, because that's that's one of the things that happens to business owners um, and why many business owners fail because they're caught off guard. They're caught by surprise and they don't know how to handle the challenge mm-hmm. of business. So use your pen, write down the, those scenarios. And then-
0: Use your words.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> use your words. So then the next thing, the last thing that I would say for, for people, and this is not just with storytelling, this is I think a life hack, a life tip, get a mentor, get a mentor, right? There's always someone who has traveled the road before you did. Even if it's not the same exact unique road, they've at least traveled a parallel path, maybe you're on asphalt and they were on gravel, whatever it was, but they still traveled down this road. So get a mentor that can share with you their experiences, their story, how they navigated some things and then you can apply those lessons to where you are and that's going to help you so to navigate stuff instead of you just fishing or swimming around without a direction
0: nice all right so what's next for you robert
1: so this year we want to we we've, we've been focusing a bit more on events and so we did a summit in in february and that led to a a cohort for our video storytellers or storytellers video academy that we just wrapped up Last week, and so then we're going to look at doing another summit later on end of August, you know, end of third quarter, maybe early third, maybe early fourth quarter. Um, and ultimately, we want to do a mansion retreat for three days to really help people to, uh, I'll use my wife's word, to suss out their stories.
0: That's uh, um, <laughs> out their stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who are the people that you work with to help them suss out those stories?
1: Typically small business owners who uh who have maybe 1 to 5 employees, probably have been in business maybe less 10 years or less typically and are they're really looking to to establish themselves, gain some visibilities at vis- visibilities. Just visibility, one visibility. Uh they're trying to establish themselves and gain visibility and they really need to understand who they are and the stories that they can tell that they need to understand in order to connect more, more effectively with their audience. So, you know, we tell them about or we help them to understand origin stories, strategic stories, signature stories, customer stories, all of the different the brand stories, the stories that you need to understand in order to push forward or create momentum in the different areas of your business
0: nice okay so i love that it's not just it's a personal brand story that we help you or the origin story you actually build in that customer story and everything else to make it a holistic package for them i like that Yeah. yeah so no that's that that's great i love that okay so where where can people find you
1: i try to be easy to find you know you see i'm wearing orange that that may there you go Boom. You see me. All right. Well, um, <laughs> orange
0: Mike, orange shirt. Like he just, you see, and he has lights in the back. Like if you can't see him, you cannot miss
1: him. <laughs> it was, it was very intentional. It was very intentional. As, as, uh, as we did our brand strategy, color psychology was a piece of it. And so uh, our color, our brand colors are blue and orange and blue is calm, authority, trust, and orange is energy enthusiasm, so we kind of wanted that that connection together. So energy is kind of like my pers- part of my personal brand as well. So you can find me online, which is the question that you ask, and I veered to the left. Um, <laughs> you can find me online at robertkennedy3.com. I'm Robert Kennedy three, the number three alphanumeric on all social platforms: Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Instagram. Well, not TikTok. Some dude stole Robert Kennedy 3. He was actually there before me, but he doesn't use it. So I had to get real Robert Kennedy 3 on TikTok. We're not doing that much there yet, but we will. We're going to be sharing some more stories on TikTok soon. Robert Kennedy 3 on YouTube as well. So you can find me in all those places as Robert Kennedy 3. And you can also join me in the Storytellers with Lab on Facebook.
0: Nice. 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 (laughs) There's a story behind this TikTok piece and I love it. I love it. (laughs) It's like, I feel like you're about to do a shakedown. It's like, listen, man.
1: (laughs) I tried to reach out to the dude. He just straight ghosted me. No, no response. He's
0: like, "Who's (laughs) who's this Robert Kennedy trying to tell me he's the real Robert Kennedy? All right, Robert. I am so happy that you decided to join us for this episode and share how you can use business storytelling to confidently position yourself and your business to bring more visibility to your business and to kind of get you out there and more confident about what you, what you say, how you present yourself and how you position your services or your products. So with that, I'm going to close and thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you soon. Thank you for listening to the scale to grow podcast. If you would like to know more about how we can help you to take the guesswork out of your business, visit us at www.concaveservices.com.